This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 326. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 326. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Dr. Debbie Silber is a shameless mom of four, age ranges 16 to 23, as well as the founder of the PBT Institute and a transformational psychologist and health mindset and personal development expert. She's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. Debbie has contributed to Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, The Huffington Post, Forbes, Psychology Today, and many other outlets. Her doctoral studies led to two discoveries around how women experience and heal from betrayal. Based on her findings, along with 27 years of health, mindset, and lifestyle coaching, she's created a proven approach to help women heal mentally, physically, and emotionally from a life crisis, specializing in betrayal. In addition to Debbie's educational and professional experience in the field of betrayal and forgiveness, she has lived it all multiple times. Her passion comes from her journey, from finding herself in places she didn't plan, from mending and rebuilding relationships that nearly broke her. Listen in to hear Debbie share why it's only the people who are closest to us who can actually betray us, why you must unpack all the components of betrayal, 
the three things that do not work when trying to heal from betrayal, the five stages from betrayal to post-betrayal breakthrough, the necessary path of the betrayer, apology, remorse, restitution, how to heal your shame after betrayal, and the layers and stages of forgiveness and building trust. This is a meaty episode, a lot that we cover here, and this is actually a conversation that has come up in different ways in our community over the last, I don't know, six to 12 months, I would say it's come up repeatedly. So I'm really anxious to dive into this with Debbie. She is a wealth of information and an expert that comes from not just her own personal experience, but from her education and her training and her background. So I think you're just going to glean a lot from this conversation and from Debbie's wisdom and her own stories. So I'm very excited and very honored to share with you, Dr. Debbie Silber. Debbie Silber, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. This is going to be good. I appreciate how upbeat you are in your tone and in the pre-recording that we did because we're not talking about a super upbeat topic today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's an upside to everything yes. and I'm going to make sure everybody knows it. I appreciate that. I like that attitude. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Sure. I mean, by far the most interesting thing about me is I have four kids and six dogs because I could do anything <laughs> else. And that's really what people want to know. Yes. But ha- yeah. But having said that, we could get into that a little bit later. I mean, I've been a health mindset, personal development person for years and 20 something years. And then I had a horrible betrayal from my own family. And you know, the way the universe works, if you didn't learn the lesson you were supposed to learn, you get another opportunity. So that came in the form of my husband. And it just sent me right into this PhD program, which is, I know, kind of odd, like that's the first thing you do. And for me, yeah, because I needed to understand how the mind works, why we do what we do and how I could heal. It was a PhD program in transpersonal psychology. It's the, it's the psychology of transformation and human potential. I was transforming. I didn't understand it. He was And I just wanted to really study it further. So while I was there, I had to do a study for my dissertation. So I did a study on how women specifically, how women experience betrayal, what holds them back, what helps them heal. And Sarah, I remember going into it thinking, my gosh, how we know the stages of grief. If there could be stages of healing from betrayal, what a lifeline that would be for people going through it because they'd be like, okay, here's where I am. Hang on, sister. That's what's coming. And sure enough, we made three discoveries. And one of them was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, if we're going to heal, we're going to move you know, through these five stages that are now proven predictable. And, you know, what's even more exciting is now we know what happens at every stage, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and what it takes to move from one to the next. Oh my gosh. So powerful. And then, like you said, then there's an upside to everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can really find and identify that upside and start working toward that. So let's back up then. We're going to talk about the five stages before we get to that. Can you talk about the betrayals that you experienced. And like you said, it was totally two different ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was totally. So walk us through some of that. Sure. So the first was a family betrayal. And you know, it's interesting because when I was even doing this study, I wanted to study women who've had betrayals from a family member, a partner, or a friend. And I'll tell you, I couldn't find anyone who was broken. Of course, whatever broken, bent, you know what I mean? Who was broken enough from a friendship betrayal or a workplace betrayal. It was those 
betrayals from a family member or a partner, those are the ones that bring us to our knees. And because think about it, we're never betrayed by someone we don't know. It's when we're betrayed by people closest to us. These are the people that we feel safe with. These are the people who we feel like, okay, when the whole world is crazy, these are the people who have my back and who keep me safe and I can relax and let go with. And when these are the people who absolutely blindside us, and there's really no other word for it, it sends us into this physical, mental, emotional, psychological, and spiritual place of chaos. So yeah, so it was a family betrayal. And then, you know, my husband, we've been together for 33 years, which is longer than some of the people listening who have been on the planet. We were together a long time. And for the first 20 years, it was great. We were, you know, he was growing his business. I was growing my business, raising all the kids, doing what I could do. And he just started creating this persona and this ego identity around what he had and who he was and how much money he made. And, you know, very typical what we, you know, what we see. And I was doing my thing. I had no idea. And then it all came crashing down. And what happens also is, of course, I was devastated. I mean, you know, just shocked, destroyed every emotion you can imagine. But I, didn't know how to really handle it. And I remember thinking, well, I certainly don't trust him. I don't trust myself because I'm a bright woman. How did I not see this coming? I trust in something other than me, the universe, God, source, energy, whatever. And so I remember going to a spiritual counselor, an intuitive healer, and she said, Debbie, you have no idea how you planned this. And I'm like, planned? Oh my yeah, gosh. she said, you have no idea. He needed you both. And she did what's called a soul contract. And she said, you were both like in cahoots here. He needed to crash and burn to become the husband and father that he signed up to be. You needed something so devastating so you could heal and then teach from this deep place of knowing you're going to write books. You're going to have this center. You're going to do all these things. And I told her, you're crazy, crazy. Every single thing she said, has happened. I mean, here I am in the PBT Post Betrayal Transformation Institute of Physical Space in New York. I mean, it's just mind blowing how if we allow the idea that maybe there was something to this that we just don't understand, mm -hmm. that cognitively doesn't make the slightest bit of sense, but maybe there's a bigger meaning to this, then we're onto something here. And it challenges. I mean, for me personally challenged every single thing I've ever believed in because this was a complete and total deal breaker. Mm -hmm. So between my kids and how they responded and my husband, I mean, it was just crazy, but we actually got married again. We didn't oh renew gosh. our vows. We got married again and my kids were my bridal party. And oh my um, what it did for them was, I mean, the four of them just bonded on such a level because what they had been through together and just even what they've dealt with with my husband and he was the one who even told them and I can't even imagine I mean the pain that I felt on my end was horrible but to have your kids look at you you know with this like you did what you know if anything breaks you and creates transformation for the betrayer I got to imagine it's that yeah how old were your kids at the time at the time of this recording, three and a half years ago. Okay. Teenagers. Okay. okay. Wow. So I want to dig into the time in between the family betrayal and then your husband's betrayal. And was the family situation something that you had recovered from or worked through prior to your husband's betrayal? Or 
were they like just kind of piggybacked right on top of each other? No, it was years ago. And, you know, I thought, I really thought that I made peace out of the whole situation and really healed from it. But here's what I've learned now since and doing the study. If you don't unpack every aspect of that betrayal, it does not heal. I mean, it's so mm. normal to think, oh, well, let's say it's in a relationship betrayal. A new relationship will heal it. Oh, no, it won't. Or time will just heal it. No, it won't. It'll make certain aspects of it much easier. But this gets lodged in our cellular memory. And, you know, the way it works is we keep having these opportunities in the form of other relationships to just show us again, what mm. was that lesson we were supposed to learn? And it could be, you know, do I allow my boundaries to get crossed? Do I not realize how lovable, worthy, and deserving I am? Whatever that lesson is, it doesn't go away until it's learned. Oh, this is so interesting. So what are your recommendations for helping people unpack all this? Because that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense that you would find yourself in the same situation repeatedly if you don't process and heal. So how do we go about doing that so that we don't repeat the same patterns? Yeah, absolutely. And like, here's an example. If I tell you how many women have come into my office saying, why is it I keep attracting the same kind of relationship? And I say, it's because you keep bringing the same you mm -hmm. into every relationship you go into. Nothing is going to change until you do. So we absolutely have to become aware. You can't change what you're unaware of. And that's one of the other discoveries was that there's this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we actually have an assessment right on the site and it shows you to what extent are you still struggling. So when you see, let's say for example, oh wow, that gut issue, that's from my unhealed betrayal or why I can't ask for a raise at work. That's from that unhealed betrayal or why I'm worried to trust again. Oh my gosh, that's from that unhealed betrayal. Oh yes, it is. And at least when you see what's so amazing about this assessment is it's jarring to take, I'll be honest with you, but so liberating because right in front of you in the responses, you know, we see, and then we share what's going on here. This explains why you're walking around so exhausted or why you're not moving forward. So awareness is huge. That makes a lot of sense. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So for you and for people who've been through multiple betrayals, did you end up unpacking your family betrayal and then your marriage stuff all at one time after you found out about your husband's betrayal? Or Mm -hmm. do you have to process them separately? You can do it together, but it's, you know, what I always recommend is you want to work on the easier one first. Mm. You want to see how you do. Can you really change your mindset around something that's really painful, but that didn't shatter your heart into a billion pieces like the really most painful one. So, you know, I would suggest and always recommend take on one at a time, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's a similar process for both. And the beauty is what the study showed. And now what's in my program is we included only what works and what's the point of including anything that doesn't. And my participants, they shared everything that moved the needle for them and really what didn't move the needle for them. And it's interesting because I look back on my own experience and it's all very similar. You know, we all shared very similar experiences around things that we tried, what worked, what didn't work. And it's really interesting too, Sarah, because it was always the same things that for the people, for the participants in the study who did not heal, it was the same three things I saw over and over and over again. Well, I want to know what didn't work first Mm -hmm. and then tell us the three things. Sure. So what didn't work was, and that's what the three things were, what didn't work was, yeah, When they medicated, numbed, Mm -hmm. avoided, distracted. I mean, I did a TEDx on this and I get why we do it. It's so painful. You know, why do we want to see and really deeply feel these feelings? But in doing so, you know, when we're avoiding, numbing, distracting, it may dull the pain a little bit, but we're just continuing to carry it with us. I would never say to somebody, get off the medication or stop drinking or whatever, you know, but if whatever they're doing that they feel that they need to do, but clearly 
it made a huge difference. And, you know, as a researcher, you're supposed to go into a study with no bias and no expectations. And I did my best. I was new at this. But I remember thinking, because I had deep interviews with every participant and some of these women, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine how they were able to get out of bed in the morning. And to me, I just assumed, well, the ones who had more to recover from would grow the least and would heal the least because they had so much to overcome. Mm. I was dead wrong. Wow. It was the, yeah, it was the ones who faced it fully and were willing to do the work healed the most. And one of the things, like I said, was when they numbed and distracted, even if by comparison, if you looked at their betrayals, it wasn't, let's say, as bad. If you can mm. compare betrayals, who knows? You know, they did not heal. So that was one thing. The other was when they refused to accept it. And when I say refuse to accept it, I mean, there's like a mourning process. There's a grieving. Yeah. This is loss. And when they did not accept it, and I can talk about in one of the stages where this really shows up, because we have so many, you know, the ego anyway, the small self has so many benefits to keeping this story in place, they didn't mm. heal. And then the third reason was when the betrayer really had no consequences. Oh, interesting. So the betrayed person wants to see the betrayer have a be punished. No, when the person who was betrayed, when oh. they really did make sure that the betrayer had consequences, like the relationship was over, they mm -hmm. left the house, whatever, or okay. their behavior was unacceptable, they did not heal. And I'll tell you the most physically sick women, the ones who had the most physical symptoms, it was that group. Because the body can't handle living in such a lie. And mm. when you forgive and you feel safe and valued, you feel better. When you forgive and you do not feel safe and valued, you feel worse. Right. And when you accept a level of behavior that feels so wrong just to keep the peace or because you don't trust that you could be on your own or you know you have the money to be on your own, whatever it was, that just sends the body into a complete state of chaos. I mean, I saw that over and over again. So now I want to hear how this worked with you in your marriage. How did you work through these or did you? Like, did you attempt any of the three of these? You know what? The first thing I did was get him out of the house. And I needed okay. to do that because I needed to see, all right, let's see what it's like to be a single mom. Let yeah. me see if I can do this, if I want to do this. And it'll help me think clearly. And I guess intuitively, I never wanted to think that I would do something because I felt I had to. Mm -hmm. And that was really important. And it was important for him too, because losing the kids, losing me, losing yeah. the only things that mattered, if anything is going to wake you up and shock you into reality, it's going to be something like that. And I'm sure that's, and it's certainly not the story with everybody. I get that. But in my case, anyway, that's what profoundly woke him up. Mm. I mean, to the point where he's unrecognizable to anybody that knows him. Within days, he sold his car, he got rid of his clothes. He's like, what the heck? Who was I? What is this? And I had him see a counselor too, a psychic who's grown to become a dear friend. And I remember he told me that the first session he walked in and he said, you are such a, you know, and just said it just by seeing him. And then he said, since he says, Debbie, I've been doing this work for 26 years. I have never seen anybody transform to the level that he did. And so as much as I've transformed, it's like, who am I to think transformation is only one sided? Mm -hmm. If I could truly be someone different and I am, there's not any part of me that's the version of who I was. Then how can I not think 
that that's the case with him too. And I mean, you know, you see it, you, you know, it's so recognizable on a daily basis, even just the work he's doing with my kids, but yeah. it was certainly a process. And as far as trust, you know, I look at trust as like a brick wall, you know, it could take 30 years, brick by brick by brick to put up and moments to be broken down. And how does it get put up again? Same way, brick by brick by brick. Right. There's no other way to do it. And so in my case, I needed that space. And we really started where it was just a non-negotiable for me. I said, you know, of course, we're going to talk about the kids, but I had been studying spirituality and had been deeply spiritual just for years. And it was something that he just didn't understand and kind of mocked and made fun of. And I remember saying, if you just aren't even willing to understand who I am, I have no interest in even talking to you, really. And he's like, tell me what to read. Tell me what to do. And he would send me these passages and whatever. And that was an absolute game changer. Because, yeah, because with spirituality, it explains all of those things that our regular everyday selves could never understand. Like, I remember seeing that counselor who said to me, oh, Debbie, you have no idea how you plan this. Like, the human part of us is like, what? (laughs) You know, that no sense. But when you hear it on that level, you're like, could this be for a bigger purpose? And could this actually be to my benefit? If you're even the slightest bit willing to understand or embrace that, it could change your life. I mean, I'm living proof. Yeah. So we've touched on the psychology of the person who's been betrayed. Can we talk a little bit about the psychology of the betrayer and what is their healing process like? Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, this is very unique to everybody because sometimes the betrayer has no interest. No so interest. that's, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. it's great that your husband did this work, but I'm assuming for everyone who's willing to do the work, there's plenty of who aren't. Oh, plenty. And you know, like a classic narcissist is only going right. to turn around and blame, right? blame the person they betrayed. Like, yes. well, it's you, if you didn't do this, if you didn't do that, And you have nothing to work with when that's the case. You really don't because that person has no ability to be empathetic. They just don't have the capacity. So with that, there's no remorse. There's nothing like, you know, the way it works with the possibility of working through this, you know, I, I look at it like there are these four levels, whether you call it like levels of forgiveness, whatever, I don't even know. But the best case scenario is apology, remorse, restitution. And what Mm -hmm. that looks like is I am so sorry, you know, for what I've done. They totally understand. They explain it to you. How could I make it up to you? Right. Of course, it's going to take a lot more for breaking your heart than like spilling coffee on your shirt, you know. So but that's the idea. They're owning it. They're taking responsibility, you know, they're owning it. The second it gets a little bit, you know, it's not the same level. And this is where they get defensive, right? Like there's a reason, there's a reason for it, you know, because of this, because of that, that involves the word, because if you hear because already, like if you imagine a window, that window is closing. It's right, starting there, to close once now. you qualify it, it doesn't have any meaning. Right. And now it gets even worse with this third level. And this is blame. You know, here's where, you know, this person's just not taking responsibility. They're just not. And then the fourth level is flat out denial, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's just absolutely nothing to work with. But this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean you can't heal. You know, I always say justice is up to us. Karma is up to God, energy source, whatever, you know, and our job is really to do the work to heal. But as far as the betrayer goes, you know, what's their willingness here? And the other thing is, Shame is the most physically destructive emotion we have. And someone who's betrayed, you know, that's a powerful emotion they're walking around with. And 
that will get you. And how do you heal shame? You bring light and honor to it. You face it and you heal it. You know, so I tell a lot of people, you know, I work with both sides, the betrayed and the betrayer. And for that betrayer, I'm all about self-forgiveness. Once you've done everything humanly possible to right the wrong. Right, right. With no expectation, because you have no idea how that person's going to respond. I mean, you, betrayal is the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. We know without their awareness or consent, you changed the rules and broke that person's heart and belief system and everything else. So you have to go into it with just what can you do, everything in your power to right that wrong, and then it's not up to you anymore. And I think, would you also say that the betrayer, if they really want to heal the relationship that they've broken, has to be willing to do the work regardless of the outcome? Oh, a hundred percent. I'm just imagining your husband, like doing all those things and showing up to do the work, not knowing that you were going to necessarily be responsive. It's not like you said, go do these three things and then we'll talk. Like, it sounds like he was doing these things, just like hoping that if I keep showing up and keep you know, doing the work and keep improving myself, that then she will be open mm-hmm. to rebuilding. And even with the kids, I mean, yeah. you know, just doing the work every single day. He even called up all my friends and apologized. Mm. He's even coaching now, like God, because he's very open about his side. And he has this big office with all of these younger guys. And he's telling them like, how not to ruin your marriage and mess yeah. up your life. Like yeah. he's become this spiritual teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I had a situation with a friend who betrayed a partner and I got a text, an apology text. And I was like yeah. shocked by it. Like I did not expect an apology because right. it wasn't my relationship, you know, but I thought that was really interesting. And that this person thought that was a really necessary part of like acknowledging, just seeing the, the ripple effect and the, the layers of impact. And right when that happened, I was like, oh, I can see how this person can grow beyond this experience. And this doesn't need to be something that defines this person. It will be a defining life moment, I'm sure, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to define them moving forward when you're immediately like able and willing to take action and put in the work, I think. And that's so huge because if you're not, uh, because you're, you're uncomfortable or you don't want to be vulnerable and vulnerability is a huge piece of this. I mean, think about it. Here I am. I mean, how much more vulnerable can I be? I'm sharing my story with you, but I know how, it helps people heal when they see the possibility and the upside, but it's the same for him. I mean, think about it. This whole, the PBT Institute, this whole new business and direction he knows is largely based off of, you know, what happened. So it's a big piece, Mm -hmm. but the bigger the vulnerability and the bigger, just the responsibility, I believe the bigger the growth, the bigger we, the more people we help. Yeah. And I mean, that actually, you know, I think that your family situation is a great example of that when your husband had, you know, what he had on the line was four kids, six dogs and a wife. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's really, really big. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, and like we're trans- really cool too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that, and you said the transformation is just, you know, matched exactly what he would have matched the enormity of what he would have walked away from which is really interesting to see how that works. So you talked a little bit about post-betrayal syndrome. Is there anything else you wanted to say on that before we move into the five stages? You know, it's just that it gives that explanation of why we're walking around with the symptoms 
that we are. And that was one of the discoveries. You know, the other one was I originally was studying something called uh, post-traumatic growth. And that's really sort of the upside of any trauma, the new perspective, new awareness, new insight you have because of what you've been through. But I had been through, I mean, I was in ICU for 11 days. I lost people I've loved. So betrayal felt so different for me, but I didn't want to assume it. And I brought it back out to all my study participants. And I said, is betrayal a different type of trauma for you? And they said, absolutely. And so we coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. And that's the specific type of transformation that happens when you heal from betrayal. Oh, that's so interesting. I would not have categorized, I mean, you know, not having walked through it in the same sense, I would not have categorized it as a different kind of trauma. And that's really fascinating that that was something that people shared, you know, across the board that it felt different. Yeah, it definitely did. Because there's every aspect of the self that has to be healed, the feeling of rejection, abandonment, worthiness. I mean, all of that gets just crushed. And also because betrayal is so intentional. You know, when you lose someone you love, you don't question the love. You mourn the loss. You're sad that they're not there. When someone betrays you, you question everything. Right. My next question was going to take us right into the five stages, I think. Mm -hmm. So let's just go there. So tell (laughs) me, what are the five stages that take us from betrayal to post-betrayal breakthrough? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first is like a setup stage and there's no blame. There's no judgment. I saw this with every single woman, myself included. If you imagine four legs of a table and the four legs are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with every single woman was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental and really ignoring the emotional and the spiritual. So imagine a table. If you only have two legs strengthened on that table, it's easy to topple over. Same with us. Now, the other thing is when we're only concentrating on the physical and the mental, first of all, it's like we're like one big to-do list and our bodies are taking us around to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's a lot of thinking and doing as opposed to feeling and being, but also- Oh, yeah. But also what happens is we shut down our intuition when we ignore the other sides, the other legs. And that's huge because our intuition is like our internal BS meter, you know, but we turn that down because we're too busy. We're too busy getting stuff done. So, yeah, that's stage one. So here we are. We're in that kind of position. And this isn't to say if you're in that position, you will be betrayed. It's just what I saw. Then there's stage two. And here's where we're blindsided. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. So this is by far the scariest stage. And think about it. There's a breakdown of the body. You have now ignited the stress response. You are headed for all kinds of symptoms, illnesses, conditions, even disease. Your adrenals are wrecked. Your gut is a mess. Your immune system is shot. You feel horrible. You're exhausted, but you can't sleep. Like you're in that place. Mentally, your mind is in a complete state of chaos. You can't wrap your mind around what just happened. It makes no sense. And there's a breakdown of the worldview. Your worldview is your mental model. It's how you view the world. This person's safe. I can trust this. This is how the world works. And in a moment, that's been completely shattered. So one of my participants said, you know, Deb, it's like every negative feeling you could feel and losing a child in a crowd, like at the same Mm. moment, like that. Yeah. And it's awful. This is true where the bottom just bottoms out on you. And it's scary because a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. But think about it. If a bottom bottomed out on you and a new one hadn't been formed, you would grab onto whatever you could to stay safe and stay alive. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly 
what stage three is, survival instincts emerge. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder, or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. And this is an extremely practical stage. Where will I live? Who do I trust? Who do I speak to? How do I feed my kids? Where do I go? What do I do? It's so practical, but this is the stage we get stuck in because there are so many benefits of staying here. I see this over and over and over again. Interesting. So talk about what does that look like to you when you see it? 
Sure. So, you know, the way it works is when we're in this place of survival, of course, we have to make sense and make meaning out of our experience. But when we stay in that space for too long, we start believing that we belong there. Mm. And we start getting all these small self benefits, like we have someone to blame, you know, that feels good. We have someone to blame. We have a story. We get to build our case. We get to justify inaction. Like, oh, how can I do that? Look what I've been through. You know, we don't have to do the hard work of rebuilding trust. It's like, do I trust you? Do I trust you? Forget it. I won't trust anybody. You see? Yeah, this is really interesting because I can totally see where people would get stuck here and I could see how they would just, you could stay there forever. Absolutely. And also, and this is a big one, we get to feed and fuel our addiction. And what I mean by that is, because everybody's like, addiction, what are you talking about? When we revisit our story a hundred million times, and after betrayal, that's what we do, we create this little like chemical cocktail that gets released every time we think about it. Well, like any cocktail, it could be addictive. Mm -hmm. So we create this brain loop and we just keep sending ourselves a little jolt every time we think about it. So we get stuck and rooted in this stage three. Now, if we are willing, willingness is a huge word here, if we're willing to learn the lesson, make some meaning out of the experience, move forward, mourn the loss, all of those things we can move into. And that's exactly what I help people do in the program, move to stage four. And this is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Your old normal doesn't exist anymore. It's like my old marriage. It did not exist anymore. And like if you've ever moved to a new condo, house, apartment, whatever, the new place isn't comfortable. It isn't familiar just yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you do that, You tell the body, I'm not running from a saber-toothed tiger 24-7 anymore. We don't have to break down the body to this capacity that we've been doing. And you slowly turn down the stress response. You're still, you're not healing very much, but you're breathing a little bit easier, you know? And when you're in that state and you're in this new space, in new mental space, new emotional space, and you're there for a while and you're like, you know what? I got this. I can do this. You slowly move into the fifth and most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. And in this stage, you've turned down the stress response. Now your body's able to rebuild. You didn't have the bandwidth to eat well, to exercise. Like you were just trying to survive. You know, now you're more invested in your own self-care, self-love, doing things that make you feel better. The body physically begins to heal. The mind begins to heal. You have a whole new belief system based on what you've been through. And you have a new, and there's a new world view. The world view based on what you believe about the world and who you are now. And that table with the two legs in the beginning, the physical and the mental, we are solidly grounded because now we're paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual too. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So I just was thinking of a relationship that I watched unfold on social media in a really public way, a high profile couple in the internet marketing space. And the woman in the relationship came forward sharing her story of being betrayed in her relationship repeatedly. And everything that you said here is like exactly what she's been saying without putting this framework around it. But it's so interesting. Like she said, the first thing she said is I've been ignoring my gut. I've been ignoring my intuition. There was like little things, but I thought everyone from the outside, this looks so perfect. Like it must just be me. Like she had all this doubt around 
why she was questioning things and just completely ignored her intuition. And then she got shingles. And again, mm-hmm. she was just mm-hmm. like, I'm not even mm-hmm. stressed out. Like, why do I have shingles? All yeah. these things. Um, so yeah. she went through all these stages and now she's in this healing rebirth and it's been, mm-hmm. it's so amazing to watch. And this all happened for her a few months ago and she's kind of just sharing it now. So she has that perspective of time and healing, mm-hmm. but like she's followed this framework pretty much to a T and it's really, really interesting to see her ability to connect to the story without taking responsibility for the story or without Mm -hmm. like, I actually heard her in an interview shortly after she came out publicly on social media with what was going on. And she was so graceful and gracious. And I was like, how is she so calm and collected? Like it Mm -hmm. was just really amazing. And now I can see because she's worked through these phases. So she's in a place where she can be more objective about the situation. And she has this new world view um, where Mm -hmm. she feels confident and competent in rebuilding. I'll tell you the strongest women I have Mm -hmm. ever known, they've been there and back and they have used their situation to heal from it and to learn from it. And what they're doing is just incredible. You know, think about it. It's like when we really haven't been through any kind of trauma, you know, we may Mm -hmm. be existing, but sometimes we are so hard hit and it sends us you know, if you imagine a pendulum, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving my hands like you see me <laughs> and imagine like this pendulum and it's sort of, you know, swinging a little bit back and forth, a little bit back and forth. And all of a sudden trauma comes. Well, that sends this hard swing, let's say all the way to the left, right? Now that's trauma. But now because you're there, you have the ability to swing so far, mm. you know, because now you have the ability of momentum right. to swing so far the other way. And yeah. think about anybody who you've read about, studied, any thought leader, that's in their area of expertise. That's what they're teaching you. They're teaching you what they've learned going from that far, far left to or through those stages getting to the far right. But that's yeah. transformation. Oh, that's so interesting. And I love that analogy. And I also think when you use that analogy of the pendulum, that it gives a sense of hope. And like if you just start taking one step. Like you can only go back or you can only go in the direction of healing if you're open to that. And if you're open to putting in the work and then you'll just continue to move forward to the other side. Oh, sure. And you know, here's the thing. It's not that it's easy. Transformation isn't easy, but it will rebirth a new you. I mean, that's really one of the reasons why after my program, there are two opportunities to become certified PBT, post-betrayal transformation support group hosts or practitioners. And I purposely did that because every single woman in the study said she would have benefited from support. But here's where we're the least likely to seek it because there's so much shame, so much embarrassment, so much fear of judgment, all of that. And so we don't. But actually, with the support group post, it serves two purposes. When we heal from something like this, we can't keep it to ourselves. We just can't. We just want to share it. And women need this support, not to sit and commiserate, but to have other women to ask, Hey, you know, what was your story? How did you take that one step forward? Like you said, what did you do? It helps heal with that community. And I would say that is the case for the betrayer and the betrayed that both for them to both own their story. I know people who've been on either side of it. And I think owning your story, regardless of which side you're on, because both sides are filled with shame and struggle and pain and angst and all sorts of things. And I think that it's easy to overlook the betrayer's pain and whatever brought them to what happened. But I think that that's an important piece as well for people to be able to 
embrace their story on either end and embrace that. Like I made this massive mistake. I almost mm. lost everything. And here's what I did. Here's what I learned from it. And it removes shame from that. Just like we remove shame from being the betrayed as well. And I know that might sound controversial to people listening. Where they're like, why would you mm -hmm. give the betrayer the time of day? But it doesn't help anything if everyone's just sitting quietly in shame. That's so true. And I'll tell you, because I was that woman who would judge exactly what you're saying. And I would say, how do you even speak to that? That person doesn't even deserve, you know, the time of day. And how could you ever take someone back to right. do that? And I'll tell you, it's harder. It's harder to rebuild that I'm finding anyway, than just to let go. Yeah. And I know I'm speaking to best case scenario because he's doing everything humanly possible, truly. But when you really have the human part of us and we hang on to our ego selves, it defies every single thing that ever makes sense. But that's what forgiveness is too. Mm. Forgiveness speaks a language the logical, rational mind doesn't speak. Right. But forgiveness says, for your sake, forgive anyway. Yes. So yeah. I'm glad you brought up forgiveness. Talk a little bit mm -hmm. about how did you work through forgiveness? Yeah. You know, and it's really funny because I thought there was one big grand ta-da moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> On February yeah. 23rd, yeah. 2016 was the day of forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was counting on. And I was dead wrong. So what I've discovered was it happens in layers and stages, mm. just like trust. And it's almost along that same timeline, how trust takes time, forgiveness takes time. And it's not something to rush at all. And it's by those consistent, daily, repetitive, and I'm talking about, it's a very different animal, forgiving and rebuilding or forgiving and moving on. Those are two very different things. So just for the sake of what you're saying, I'm talking about forgiving and rebuilding. Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing. And here it's in layers and stages. And sometimes you forgive and then you take it back. You're like, I don't feel like forgiving today. And you know, and you give it, right. you take it back, you give it, you take it back. And if you keep doing the work, you realize that you know, could this have truly been for a reason that maybe I just don't understand? Or did it teach me something? Did it change my life? Did it change my family? Did it change my marriage? Whatever it is for you. And then it slowly starts making sense. And at some point, the pain of the experience lessens as this whole new relationship and based on honesty and trust and integrity just gets completely built. But that's not saying that it's easy. I mean, I actually even went to a forgiveness coach. I didn't even know they made those. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. It wasn't, yeah, who knew? And it's really funny because she said to me, she goes, Debbie, you know what's so interesting? She goes, you get married, of course, for love at first, but also safety and security. And then you get divorced and then you marry someone who helps you grow. And she goes, I've never seen a relationship where it's both types of marriages with the same people. And that's really, you know, what's happened. And, you know, I needed help with forgiveness because it did defy everything that felt right. That's where, I mean, I read books. Radical Forgiveness was a great book that really helped me because um, Colin Tipping. And it was really all about how that person, although they did something so horrific and so painful and broke your heart and broke out your spirit and everything, on some levels, they're like this angel because they finally got you to learn a lesson about how lovable, worthy, deserving, whatever, like I said before, you needed to learn. So yes, you could look at them as the most horrific, horrible person, but if they finally taught you, you know, to love yourself and value yourself or whatever, that person was there as a gift. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's a hard one. I know that's not it an is, easy one to It is. It is. Well, and I think all of this is really, I think it's eye-opening. And I think you make such a great point when you say that you were someone who always thought you would leave. If a partner betrayed you in a certain way, like I would be out the door. And I think that it's a valuable lesson in like in empathy, in not judging, in understanding that everyone's circumstances are different. And I just think we're so quick to judge. And I know having seen infidelity from a few different angles at this point, it's never cut and dry. It's never clear. Like there's just so many factors behind it. And so now when I hear people outside of my social circle, you know, just hear through the grapevine or whatever that like a family at school or whatever, where there was maybe some sort of betrayal or infidelity and my automatic response, cause I think it's the culturally trained response is to pass judgment on it. And then I remind myself, Oh, but wait, remember those other situations where you were closely connected to the people involved and remember how that was and how you could see both sides of it. And you could see like, even though, you know, there was definitely humongous errors made and very poor judgment made. I think that the value of being empathetic on either side provides a lot of power to everyone involved. And I think also it gives us, I think it's just, I think it keeps us more in touch with humanity because that's what we are in relationships. We're human in relationships and people are going to screw them up. And so then there's these opportunities too. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I get a lot of people judging me about my kids. Mm. You know, I can't believe your kids know. And what, and first of all, my husband was the one who told them. And secondly, in our case, it was the greatest gift ever because they're looking at it. Look at the lessons they learned. I mean, I had one of my sons saying, Hey mom, you know, you know, I don't talk a lot, but you have to know after seeing your pain. Oh my gosh, I would never, ever hurt mm. anybody like that. Yeah. So, you know, they're looking at it like mom took one for the team, you know, cause they all, I mean, everybody is just, first of all, they're so much, they're so close. They understand, they just understand marriage so much better. And that was a huge concern. I'm like, what am I teaching my kids here? I wanted them to learn strength. And, you know, so it was really a fine line between, yes, of course they know I'm not, crying to them all the time. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked because when we did get remarried, they each, I only wanted just us. And because I wanted them to each write and read their own thing that they read. And each one of them was talking about my strength. And that could have really got, if I just forgave or accepted for the wrong reasons, that really could have gone the wrong way. So, you know, in my case, it was the way to go. Yeah. Did you both agree on talking to the kids about this and letting them know what had happened? Or was that something that you needed to have happen? Or how did that work? No, he actually did this without me even knowing. As soon as I found out, he told the kids. Okay. I wasn't home at the time. And I think it was all divinely orchestrated. I don't know, but I can't even imagine what it's like to be on the receiving end of your four children looking at you like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been so fantastic, Debbie. And I know that this is going to really help some people who have been in situations similar to yours and people who have maybe just been, I'm hoping this helps people who are maybe in that stage three and that they've been stuck Mm -hmm. in a story with it just being on repeat and really like clinging to that story with the energy and emotion that's kind of wasting years off of their life. So I know this is going to be really valuable. Before I let you go, can you tell us in what ways you're a shameless mom? How am I a shameless mom? I mean, you've given us a few examples already. 
I mean, I don't know. This is such a great stage right now. I mean, my kids are my two older ones are 16 months apart. Then there's three years and 19 months apart. Mm. Girl, boy, three years, girl, boy. And just watching them now, the greatest thing ever was the last time we were all getting together. Like I remember three of my kids were in the car picking up my fourth at like the train station, I think it was. And they just left for the day, having nothing to do with us, like just seeking each other out. And to me, that's just the greatest thing. And even my oldest this weekend is moving. The college was one thing. Moving is a whole other story. And she's moving and she's moving minutes away from my daughter. So I'm looking at it like, wow, this is what I remember when they were little saying, if they could be four best friends, oh my gosh, or even three best friends, if they don't like one, okay, there's another one, you know, something like that. And just that they're all so close and they they look for each other and enjoy each other. And they couldn't be more different. My girls couldn't be more different, my boys. But that's the greatest contribution I ever could have, ever could have done. Oh, I love it so much. So tell us where we can find you, where people can connect with you, where they can dig into your work a little bit. Oh, everybody should just take that assessment. Yes. I'm telling you, it's, that's the best thing. And that's just at PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Got it. Okay. I will make sure that that's linked up in the show notes. I'm also going to link up the book that you mentioned, Radical Forgiveness, as well as your social media contacts and everything. So people can connect with you there. So people can go to shamelessmom.com and find all those links. Thank you so much, Debbie. This has been tremendously valuable and I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks. And I appreciate the work you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the shameless mom academy on facebook or instagram i'm quick to reply and eager to send you facebook love and love to be connected to all of you so again thank you for being here i can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days and until then no matter what you do today make sure you do it shamelessly
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.